from the end of the kingdom episode six series four coming to you from Porthcurno, uh the Porthcurno um, telegraph museum so lucas and i have made our way to this and um i thought it'd be really apt to actually r- record a podcast from here and um it's is is pretty cool actually because um it's like the home of um modern communications and if if this is not communication then i don't know what it is so um what have i dropped oh no oh our tickets right so i've just dropped our tickets um a biscuit plug okay so right so um maybe i don't know how to share this with you because it's all obviously all um um audio so i'm going to take some pictures and try and share them so there's a thing called a biscuit plug when remote oh dear when working in remote parts of the world telegraph workers had to be inventive and make up uses of a few resources available this working electrical plug was made by a telegraph engineer from a ship's biscuit so what this is is they've got the ship uh, biscuit which looks um so if you're British, it's very much like a digestive, right? So if, it, um, if you're American, it's like a cookie without the chocolate chips in it. Um, and in it, they've, what appears to be, have um, baked three metal prongs with five screws. So it is, <laughs> this is ingenious, right? So I'm guessing it would actually plug into something and still be a biscuit. So you could have it as an electrical device and eat it. I mean heaven knows why you would want to actually eat it so um there are uh, some semaphore there's a semaphore game as well so we can we're going to play that in a second and i think lucas and i are going to have a pop at that and um, we're going to get some pictures of some uniforms as well and uh, we'll be right back with you so we just had a soppy game of um uh semaphore um, telling Lucas, Lucas and I telling each other we loved each other, so that was fun. Uh, however, it took me ages to work it out. And Lucas was a lot better at it than me. So, um, so now we've got some uh, Marconi spark transmitter, which is uh, incredible. Um, which I think um, one of the great things, one of the reasons why I love this so much is because this is. Imagine like recording a podcast this way or, or sending a podcast. Um, there are people that can actually. Or could actually type at an incredibly fast speed and now a hundred odd years later I find myself talking into a recorder doing this and um, it's a lot more um, uh, fun fun and efficient not that it wasn't uh, so all of this was done with Morse code which is an incredible feat really because uh, it takes me about 10 minutes to decode a word so lucas has actually worked out how to use a dial telephone which is really cool because i was trying to explain to him that's what we had when i was a child um and you had to put money in it as well um which isn't buttons does it work yeah so i'm going to try and dial the number now and then play it to you Uh, i'll play 208 which is getting married Okay, it's not on. Lucas is right. Moving on. Right, that's, that's Morse code for you. So smoke signals 
And we don't know exactly when people started to send signals using smoke, but it was probably about the same time that they learned how to control fire. That happened in the Paleolithic period, or Old Stone Age, between 200,000 and 400,000 years ago. And then in ancient Egypt, the earliest postal system dates from the time of ancient Egypt. Pharaohs used to send out their laws using a courier. That was about 4,000 years ago, and Britain didn't even have a writing system until AD 150. Carrier pigeons. The Romans were the first to use pigeons to send messages, and carrier pigeons were still being used in the First and Second World Wars. Enemy soldiers would often try and shoot them down, knowing they carried important information. Optical telegraph, 1792. The Frenchman called Schapp invented this visual signaling system in 1792, and the British Admiralty adapted his designs to create a shutter telegraph. It was basically a tower with two arms that could be moved to correspond to different letters of the alphabet. Optical telegraphs were used during the French Revolution as well as the Battle of Waterloo in 1815. 1790s, the semaphore flags that we just used. The flags work on the same principle as the optical telegraph and were often used by the Navy to signal between ships. Semaphore played a part in the Battle of Trafalgar 1805 and can still be used for emergency communication between ships today. 1837, electrical telegraph. The electrical telegraph was a way of sending messages over long distances using electricity. Electrical signals were sent down a wire deflecting a needle to the left or right to spell out a message. Telephone, developed by Alexandra Graham Bell. The telephone works by converting sounds into electrical signals then back to sounds. Bell also predicted video messaging. The day will come when the man on the telephone will be able to see the distant person whom he is speaking. 1896. Marconi developed a system of sending messages by radio waves without the need for wires or cables. It was particularly useful for ships communicating with other ships or, or the shore. 1962. Satellite. A satellite is a type of relay station in space which receives and retransmits radio waves. The first communication satellite was launched in 1962. It produced the first live transatlantic TV pictures. Fibre optics, 1966, invented in Britain by Charles Keo. Messages are carried by pulses of infrared light down glass fibres thinner than a human hair. These have a much greater capacity than both telegraph cables and satellite. 97% of all internal communications travel through fibre optic cables. 97% of all international communications travel through fibre optic cables. World Wide Web. The British inventor Tim Berners-Lee created the internet that we know today, a web of information that anyone connected to the internet can use. The future. What do you think will happen next? So this is probably one of the more interesting museums that I've been to that Lucas doesn't think is particularly great. There are the elements of it that he enjoys, but there's lots of this really. I really enjoy the, the communication um, element of it, and I think I just I like the whole process of... Oh, I'll turn my phone off. Um... I like the whole process of communication and the history of it, so it's something that particularly interests me. So now we're into an echoey bit, which is the World War II bunker. So this is going to be cool, because of, uh, apart from the echo and the history, lots of unexpected noises this way. I have to push, hold on, well, couldn't work out where we're going then. Oh wow, this is, ah, oh, this it's very World War II retro. Oh, cool. 
Loads of old type, the oldy typewriters, Lucas. This is London. You will now hear a statement by the Prime Minister. I am speaking to you from the Cabinet Room at 10 Downing Street. This morning, the British Ambassador in Berlin handed the German government a final note stating that unless we heard from them by 11 o'clock that they were prepared at once to withdraw their troops from Poland, a state of war would exist between us. I have to tell you now that no such undertaking has been received and that consequently this country is at war with Germany. Germany, 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 Germany. So there's stuff like uh, automatic transmitters. You can hear the whirring of right now. And um, a siphon recorder. Have you ever seen those old World War II films where they're reading uh, what looks like a ticker tape with holes in and stuff? It's that. A Morse keyboard. Didn't know those existed. So you could send uh, messages um, using the cable and wireless system uh, in a plain envelope you know like a telegram and they were in 1940 it was seven pounds fifty and a wedding telegram in a decorative envelope was ten pounds well i don't know if that's old money or today's money but according to my uh, nan and stuff or according to school um when the back in the olden days um like two pound fifty would be like really expensive but, like uh, everything is worth was worth more than it is now. Well, it was a different decimal system because they had shillings. Like two p was yeah. ten shillings, I think. Something yeah. like that. Don't, don't know exactly, but something like that. So thank you for not touching. And so I go and touch it. Mind out. So they've got this really cool map of uh, West Cornwall. And it's really good because it's got the topography. So I get to sh explain to Lucas where everything is, where we're staying and where we are uh, in relation to um, wherever it, well, where we visit, basically. Um, and also because we went to the north side of, the, of, of West Cornwall where it's incredibly hilly and it kind of displays that really well. So um, it's pretty cool. started, the guarding of the cable station was taken over by a local form of police, their police war reserve. But by the time I got there in October 1940, the troops had been moved back. This was after Dunkirk, of course, and there were quite a selection of troops who had taken up occupation of the old quarters. There was a, a sentry on duty at the door of the old telegraph office building. I am Lucas and I'm currently in the Modern Telegraph Museum and my dad has just went up the stairs of the bunker and he's just come back. How amazing. I don't think my photos were very good but I tried. I checked in the files after. Please tell me that they're okay. Oh, awesome. 